Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the Distraction Pieces Podcast, episode 322. How are you all doing, guys? Thank you for tuning in. Hope you're all surviving okay in these strange times. And I hope you enjoyed last week's episode with Tim Key. A lot of people are saying it's their favourite episode yet, or in their top five, which is good. I think that also, it's one of my favourites, but I also think one of the great things about it was it was recorded before any corona stuff so there's no mention of the situation that we are in and I think a lot of people are getting tired of podcasts all being about that because we've kind of I don't know it's 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 all all social media is talking about it's all live tv as in news tv and whatever else or talk shows are talking about and it's all a lot of podcasts are talking about and a lot of new podcasts have been started to talk about it and we need to be aware and we need to be on top of these things, but also we need to exist. If this was a thing that was going to last a week or two, then fair enough. But if this is going to be a long-term thing, then we need to make sure we're taking the precautions that are being advised, maybe advised by the World Health Organization and the experts rather than our own governments at times, because I think the UK and America are the two I've got a lot of friends all around the world, or not not people I know well. <laughs> I talk to a lot of people all around the world. I feel like I've got about two friends anywhere. But I've I, there's a lot of people I talk to all around the world, and they all seem to say that the, their news is f- full of the UK and the US being used as the example of the people that the governments that are getting it wrong and not taking it serious enough and setting themselves up for an even worse um f- fall and impact down the line anyway that's not what we're here to talk about this has all got heavy really quick uh once again i'm not going to push my w- web store in the place i would normally push my web store i will instead urge you if you have spare money if you don't have spare money then that's understandable in these times if you do have spare money then support there's there's options to support things numerous charities that are supporting the NHS i think that's fantastic there's also a lot of small businesses or bands or things like that who have been hugely impacted by um everything that's going on anyone that works in any live entertainment so that could be um m- m- musicians or comedians have had to cancel tours wrestlers have had to cancel sh- shows um Areas of the sex work industry, so strippers, uh, full-service sex workers, um, doms, all that kind of thing. All people in legitimate tax-paying jobs, legal tax-paying contributors to our society, all having their livelihood taken away. So if you have a bit of a look around online, there'll be a lot who are either pushing their merch more or pushing other avenues that they can earn from. So support those guys direct if you've got spare money and if there's anyone in any of those fields that you're a fan of, support them. So yeah, that's my plug there. Um, A couple of things I wanted to to tell you about. One is I've got a new, I'm part of a new podcast and it's a sci-fi audio podcast drama slash comedy slash romp adventure it's a space adventure and i'm lucky enough to be the narrator it's created by mike 
Bethel of Bethel Games, who I was amazed to get to work with. Um, I've got a few, a few questions about it in the in in this episode, so I'll I'll talk more about it then. But it's out now. Um, at this stage, it should be on iTunes and everything. So I was delighted to to get to work with Mike. So check that out. And I also want to push or give a mention to the Mum and Mama podcast, the the latest podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. Um, I've been bl- bl- blown away by it. I, I, I was excited to, to, to have it on the network, but I thought, you know, it's kind of a parenting podcast. I'm probably not going to r- relate too much or end up listening to every episode. You know, we've got a lot of podcasts on the network now. I, I, I don't have all the time in the world, so I listen to as much as I can. But it's understandable that if you've not got as much time, you might not. But I've listened to every episode and loved every single one, um, regardless of if you're a parent or not. Uh, they talk about in the first episode, I think it was that um, essentially the 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 secret is the person, the people that they're referencing a, a Christmas stew from Hardcore Listing when they said um, they know a lot of idiots who've got podcasts and they looked and thought if they can do one, sh- sh- surely we can. So I do think that Amy and Harry are taking the position of the much needed female representation and equivalent of of Chris and Stu. You see, we've always had Susie Gage on the network with Say Why to Drugs, but Susie isn't an equivalent of any of the rest of us because she's more intelligent and better than all of us. And equality is about flawed characters as well and idiots so it's great to have Amy and Harry on the Distraction Pieces Network with their mum and mama podcast. But today I'm answering your questions. This is an Ask Pip episode. Um, I've just had a look at the post and it says that there's 109 questions. So this, this may be a two-parter. But there may be a load of the sh- sh- shit ones I don't like answering. I, I assume the fun in questions like, would you rather fight a horse-sized chicken or a hundred chicken-sized horses or whatever. I always assume the the fun comes in asking the question rather than having it answered. So, yeah, all those nonsense ones just aren't for for me. But you knock yourself out, enjoy yourself, as long as you're getting a kick. Anyway, Buddy Peace, drop the theme tune and we'll get into this. There we go. Now, I'm not sure how to do this. If I should do it, I'm I'm, I'm looking at the questions now. Let's go with organise them by most relevant. But that might mean the ones that... um, I'm just just thinking I don't don't want to do it in in chronological order of when they were posted. Let's try this. We're going to go from most relevant. The first question, ironically, is from from Aaron power the reason it's there as most relevant is tons of people have answered saying he answers this every single day um will there ever be a chance of new music no the answer to that let's get that one out of the way quick i've got no plans to make any new music i'm so happy with the back catalogue i've got um i don't have anything to add to it and i should mention as this comes out two days ago on monday dan lasak released another new album and it's fantastic and if there's ever an indication that I've got no desire 
that the, the, the reason I'm not making music is purely from that I have nothing I wish to say musically. It's that album, because that album has got some beats that back in the day, if I'd heard them, I would have been hitting up Dan going, look, I need to write over this. Um, I need to, do, like, we need to do a song together on this one. And it gave me that, fairly f- f- sent me a preview, and it gave me that feel of when he would, would send me a, a load of b- beats for me to listen to and decide if I want to do anything over them for Lassac versus Pip track. Um, yeah. It gave me that feel, except without the desire at all to make any music. It, it's just not s- something I have any plans to do in the future. Um, but as I said, Dan has released another great record, and he's done about, I swear he's done f- 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 four or five in the last t- 12 months, and they're awesome. So check that out. Jay Tamiso says, I was wondering what's going on with the second season of Taboo. Really loved the first season. I've no updates for you there. Again, I get asked this a lot, and I always joke that Taboo was a series on the BBC and FX, and their marketing plan was never going to be to announce no information via a Scroobius Pip Ask Pip on the Distraction Pieces or in my comments section or whatever else. Um, yeah, I've got no updates for you at all, I'm afraid. Um, Nothing has been filmed. Um, The updates are the the same as originally, shortly after the first series ended, which was like two years ago or three years ago. Season two was commissioned by the BBC and FX, so they said that we're up for it. And that's that's where we are, essentially. There's there's nothing been made. Um, There's always rumours of of stuff being on the verge, but who knows? So I'm, I'm sorry that I can't tell you anything there let's go to to this one david burford it's clear that it's not your main motivation but which of your endeavors brings in the most cold hard cash did your time as a musician set you up for life interesting question because yeah 100 it's not my motivation um it's annoyed friends of mine in the past that i do everything as a passion project and a fair few of them have ended up playing quite well which is nice but music didn't set me up for life but it it paid all right again a lot of you will know I was never like a number one top of the charts guy but I had a really good following toured constantly for for 10 years minimum of 100 shows a year for 10 years so well over a thousand shows and whilst a lot of those will break even or or lose money, there's a lot that paid all right as well. And because money isn't a motivation, um, I'm also not a big spender. So I was lucky enough early on to get um, this. Again, this is just uh, stuff I've never talked about, probably not of interest to anyone. But um, after our first tour or two, because I didn't particularly party on tour at all, it meant that touring was always a time where I'm earning money and not spending a single thing because you you get to venues, there's normally food there and there's a buyout to pay for your your dinner. We didn't really have many days off, so there was no opportunity to spend. If you're not going out and partying or doing drugs or getting uh, prostitutes or whatever else, then there's not really anything to spend on. Also didn't smoke or don't smoke or drink coffee. And they're too, it sounds stupid, but they're too big expenses on tours. If you're spending all your time on the road and stopping off at services 
smoking and coffee is expensive and something that you will do regularly. So yeah, I didn't spend much. Um, so I was lucky enough after those first couple of tours to get to be able to put a deposit down on my first flat. It was at a time when there was a lot of questions over the economy, questions on if it was a good time to buy, if the market was going to continue to drop. I didn't really pay attention to any of that because my outlook was I'm not buying to make a a profit on anything. I'm buying because I need somewhere to live. Or I'm getting a mortgage. Again, I couldn't buy outright. Again, it wasn't that kind of career. But yeah, my outlook was always, well, if stuff drops, then by the time I'm moving somewhere else, it doesn't matter if the value of my flat has dropped because the value of whatever I'm looking to move into will have dropped. Or if stuff's gone up, it doesn't matter that the value of my flat will have gone up because the place I'm trying to move into will have gone up. It's basic outlook, but it seemed to serve me all right. Um, So yeah, I got a flat then and I'm lucky enough to have a mortgage on a house now that I'm paying. Um, But it means I've still got the flat and I can rent that out. So that is... It's not the biggest earner, but it's that bit of stability in industries that are notoriously unstable. Um, it's a bit of st- stability. Uh, what brings in the most cash? It's it's a hard question. I've had acting gigs that pay really well, but again, people make the mistake of not realising that that's just a one-off payment, unless it's a long series or whatever. So it paying well. You might have a gig that you're recording for a month and it's paid really well, but that could be your year's earnings. So when you spread that over a year, it suddenly isn't as as, as well paying as it looks. The podcast is another one that s- sometimes pays well, sometimes doesn't. It's all dependent on what campaigns are running at the time and and what the listenership is. So yeah, um, I'm certainly earning as much from acting and podcasting as I ever did from music. So, so that's good. But again, m- music's another one that notoriously we would just on the end of the, the the bottom dropping out of music so we were just on the end of people actually paying for music and buying s- cds and vinyl and stuff like that and there'd be a m- money to be made by the end of our career people are streaming stuff um and the dan lasac posted a thing today and it was something like let me have it let me see if i can can find it it was the the stats of what you actually get paid for on the different streaming networks and it's quite um quite painful reading i won't do the per streams i'd say the number of streams you, you need to earn a pound on youtube it's 833 so, so therefore the number of streams needed to earn one hour of uk minimum w- 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 wage is 7267 which is pretty poor on spotify that would be to earn a pound it's 357 so 3114 to earn one hour's minimum wage so yeah amazon streaming is apparently the the best i'm not up to date on any of these things i kind of again i've as i've stepped away from music it's quite nice to just not think about it but yeah on amazon you need 970 streams to earn one hour's minimum wage so it's tough man it's tough to earn money off music so yeah hope that answers your question greg greg brunson your work on north star rising seems so natural Uh, were you directed or were you able to perform as you see fit this is interesting so so north star rising is the podcast i am doing with mike biffle as i mentioned in the intro it's a sci-fi space thing and 
it's been amazing to work on. Mike Biffle, I first heard of through the Dan Lassac because Dan Lassac did two two soundtracks for games he made, and I'd love to do some voice acting in games. I'd never had a particular excitement about audio books, but you know, if the right project came about, and Mike decided in this period where the next games he's doing aren't out for some time he wanted to write something that we can enjoy in this period and have an escape with so he started working on North Star Rising and he asked me originally to be a character and then to be the narrator which is a far bigger role it's kind of over all of it and it was amazing um, I loved the scripts he sent so I was up for it and the way we do them in the very seat I'm sitting in now I speak into these into this microphone but I have Mike on zoom but only audio so when i'm doing takes he mutes himself and what we normally do is i'll do small chunks and i'll do it three times and then i'll say how's that and he'll either say yep we're good to move on to the next chunk or what i'd like is maybe we tweak this or actually i'm not sure about that line anymore let's change that to this and that's how we've been doing it all remotely and and safely and he's been doing that God, god bless him with all the characters all the actors involved so it's great and what i'm going to do now is he put out a little sample on twitter a little 20 second sample of an of a section of episode one and it comes out every thursday so if you listen to this on the wednesday only episode one's out but episode two will be out tomorrow it should be on all the platforms so i'm going to let you listen now to that that little sample from episode one as Alpha did a little bow, an almost imperceptible rumble began. It was almost imperceptible, until it suddenly and abruptly wasn't. The air itself ran, and began to blast and blow around the control room with absolutely no idea where it was going. Outside, the light from the stars intensified, and seemed to warp and refract as if seen through water, or after one too many glasses of cheap wine. So there we go. That is, um... That's that's North Star Rising. It's a six-part series, and it'll be on all your all your favourite platforms. If you go to northstarcrew.com, you can get all the information that you could possibly dream of. Gary Br- 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 Bravo asked, and I answered this, but we had a bit of a back and forth, and it was clearer. He asked, how are you getting your movie fix with the, the cinema's clothes? Any websites you recommend? And I stated, I only recommend your Netflixes and Amazons and iTunes and all that, because I don't in any way support illegal pirating of anything that people have put years of their lives into music art tv film all these things so and and gary clarified he meant legal ones so yeah i've just been using amazon netflix itunes disney plus all these things uh but curzon and mubi both seem to have really good films on. i've not not got around to either but but they're both they've both got online streaming services that seem to have some amazing uh independent films and stuff like that um let's go on to i'm i'm i can't decide if this is the right order to do them in because in fact here's what i'm going to do i'm going to now go through my secret uh patreon gang questions because i gave them a little clue to how to uh to fast track to make sure they're answers. So they will all be answered in episode one, and then I'll go back and continue through. So Ben Fordham. Hi, Pip. Any chance when the social distancing ends and it's safe to be in the same room as silent villain Chris and the rest of the drunk-ass crew 
there could be a longer drunk cast. The last one was absolutely awesome. But by the way, I don't know. There's no immediate plans. We normally do the drunk cast w- w- once a year these days. We kind of got to that because that seemed the best for quality. Because if we were doing them too regularly, we didn't really have anything of importance to say. And despite how they may seem, the point is that we're getting drunk, but, but there's actually some content in there rather than just is some drunk people. But this isolation one was one of the best that we've ever done. And I think it's because we kept it to three hours and obviously because we had a Ramesh Ranganathan and Brett Goldstein. But yeah, I'm looking at more ice, at the options of more isolation drunk casts if this this goes on and who I could have on in the professional comedian role or celebrity guest role let's call it so you know in place of Ramesh and Brett and so on and so forth so yeah that's the plan there James Sylvester what was your favorite album of the new metal era it was probably the first head PE album I can't remember the name of it but I loved it. It was the the blue one. I loved a bit of Incubus as well. I loved Limp Biscuit. I loved Papa Roach. I was I was b- big into the new metal era. M- most of it, if I try and, and listen back now, is completely unlistenable. But um, yeah, that's that. Andrew McKenzie, hey Pip, who would be your top three dream podcast guests? My top three. I'd love to hear you have a chat with. Would be. Jack White, Courtney Barnett, and Ariasta. C- curious to know if you have any thoughts on them and if you'd have any interest in interviewing them given the chance. I'd love to have Ariasta on. I love what that dude's doing. I think J- Jack White would be interesting. I'm not the biggest expert on his work. Courtney Barnett is another one that I'm not that familiar with, but I think we've I think my old tour manager looks after her, so I think we discussed it at one point. But um again I'd be cautious on that because I I say this all the time off the podcast. I I get pitched a lot of people and I'm often explaining that I don't have guests on based on how famous they are or whatever else. It's based on if I think I'm the right person to get a good interview out of them. So I've been off with numerous bands or numerous actors or numerous uh, sports personalities that are from fields that I'm not familiar with. And I've had to say, look, I'm sure they're awesome and I know they'd get a lot of listens because they're very famous, but I think there's other people who who would be a better choice to ask ask them questions and have a chat with them. So that's where I sat with that. My 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 phone is now not allowing me to scroll down. So I'm gonna go back to the top and just work my way through. Where did we get to? Ash Francis has asked, I recall hearing a story about an absolute behemoth of a pizza that you created back in pizza hut could you remind us of that i would recommend you go and listen to my episode of off menu because it's a great podcast and i was lucky enough to be their first guest um what you are referring to is the meadsy base which i used to make when i worked in the kitchen at pizza hut and it was a thin crust base a layer of cheese another thin crust base and then the stuff in the crust and then doing your sauce and the toppings on top once I put sauce in between the bases as well, so thin base, sauce, cheese, thin base, stuff the crust, thin base, toppings, cheese, bang. And that is the meadsy base. There's a lot of... I get tagged in stuff all the time of people kind of... Companies who are doing something similar. It's never quite as good. There's a few that do... like. 
a while after I've created this, Domino's would do the double decadence. It's not a stuffed crust. It's a it's a, th- th- a thin and crispy base rather than simply a thin Italian style base. And it's just not as good. So the Meadsy base is the one. Weirdly, I can reveal now, I was in talks with Pizza Hut about coming in and creating it and we were going to do it. It was at Christmas. We were trying to arrange for me to come in and make a load and then we go out and give them to a specific specific homeless shelter. So it's a nice little promo thing, but um, it's a good cause and I get to just recreate the Meadsy base. But um, it never happened. Timings and different legal things and all sorts of stuff got in the way but maybe we will collaborate down the line on that simi monster spalding i was introduced to you after having learned you use spoken word to help fight a stutter of yours which you make light of in in many ways of your songs and just a quick one there it wasn't anything to do with having a stutter i uh, all i did with in relation to my stutter was have some some hypnosis at one point and then from then on I just kind of didn't bother and just act as if it's not there so I've never chosen any career things as a way to battle it I've just chosen them because that's what I want to do and I happen to also have a stutter um after nine years of speech therapy I use spoken word as a means to deal with my stutter as well are there any times where you go back to basics if this stutter reappeared um if so, have you ever thought of releasing a, a book of pit poetry? I hope you're staying well and healthy over these over there during these periods. Yeah, no, I've I, I've never really my stutter comes and goes, but yeah, there's nothing I'd particularly do. Um, I probably should. Someone hit me up online the other day asking if I'd want to come to 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 them and have some more hypnosis. But yeah, I don't. It's not really a big thing in my life as weird as that sounds I don't think about it a lot so it's there it's a thing it's an issue at times it's a bloody nightmare at times and it's fucking heartbreaking and crushing and can be demoralizing and painful but um I'm used to it (laughs) so yeah I, I I haven't taken any actions but on the poetry front um the reason I've never released a print book of my poems is that I've never written any poetry. I've always written things to be spoken out loud. There's a huge difference between page poetry and spoken word or performance poetry. And I respect that difference massively. I'm not, I wasn't educated in either. I was educated in spoken word through hip hop and through some spoken word artists I was a fan of, not through schooling or lessons. And poetry is something I've never studied. I'm not an expert on. So I would feel it disrespectful to just sling my poems on the page and go, here you go, here's my collection. Uh, When there's people who have spent their lives slaving over the nuances and the the different uh, restrictions and freedoms of the page. Um, But what I did do, because early on I was asked a lot to release a poetry collection, and what I decided was, that I would do a poetry collection called Poetry in Emotion. Um, and I collaborated with a load of graphic artists and we made a graphic novel of poems, essentially. So a different artist picked a different poem each and illustrated it in the way that they saw fit. And I was delighted with that because then it's taken its own form. It's acknowledging that this isn't tr- traditional page 
poetry it's its own thing and I, I've, I've grown up on graphic novels far more than i've grown up on poetry <laughs> so yeah that was my reasoning for that nice one alex beardall hi pip ideally what tv shows would you recommend for the next few weeks i finished the boys and started giri hadji it would be great to hear my question read out when i finally caught up in 18 months time it will probably sh- shock me to hear my name whilst cleaning windows well there we go you've heard your name alex beardle birdle beardle um giri hadji is a great shout there it's one of the ones i recommended it was one of the top top recommendations of my i did an episode at the start of all this that was a recommendations of tv and films available on streaming services things that weren't on there i've got into a show called joe Pera talks and that has been my highlight of isolation completely it's amazing. It's on all four. It's on the all four app. It doesn't appear to be on all four on like Sky TV or Virgin. But if you've got a smart TV or you've got the app on an iPad or whatever, it's on there. Joe Perra talks to you and it's fucking brilliant. It's one of the best. Each episode is 10 minutes long and that's it. I've also been enjoying on recommendation from Natasha Fox, who sung on the Distraction Pieces album and the War and Peace album, Combo. So Cumbo, Steve Cumberland is the YouTube channel and Cumbo is playing Sims um, and doing putting up episodes of just him playing Sims and it's hilarious and wonderful. Limmy has a new show, Limmy's Homemade Show. It's on iPlayer. Um, there's been two episodes at point of recording and they've both been fantastic. I think Limmy's amazing. Other things I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed Hunter's. I'm, tr- I'm trying to think of things that I didn't put in that initial episode. If you're after shows, I'd say go to that initial episode because I recommend tons. It's a whole 90 minutes of me recommending stuff and talking about them in detail. Feel Good is fantastic. Um, I'm re-watching. Oh, that's a, a funny thing. I started re-watching Him and Her because that's one of my favourite BBC comedies of all time and it's on iPlayer. And I'd never noticed before, but in the background, there's a poster for Redden and Leeds Festival, and it's the year that me and Dan Lassac headlined a stage, and you can clearly see us numerous times. You can see Dan Lassac versus Scroobius Pip because we were headlining a stage. It's it's one of the smaller stages, but it's on this. So that was a nice surprise. Um, anything else I need to recommend? I'm looking forward to starting Devs because that looks amazing. Um, I'm going to start F- Fosse Verdon because I'd heard that was amazing. But these are all things I've not started yet. Um, Yeah, that's enough for you. Darren Patterson, would be good to hear some details on your upcoming project screenplays you're working on. Also, what is your writing process, structure, ideas, execution, and the process of getting it out into the world? Oh, that's a big question, my friend. There's not much to tell you about any of the projects I've been writing. Um, I've mentioned a few times in this isolation period, I've been getting a lot of script writing done and it's been really exciting. One of the scripts that I've put literally hundreds of hours into now, because I've been working on it long before isolation, um, is I've written an episode. I had an idea for an existing series, an episode in an existing series. No one in that series has asked me to write it, but I had an idea. I I liked it. And I think, again, part of the buzz should just be writing. So I've slaved over this episode um, and my writing agent is now going to try and get it to the people who make that series and go, do, do you want this? <laughs> yeah, and the other ones I'm writing, I'll tell you guys actually, I plan at some point to repurpose my um, my YouTube page. 
and I've not announced this, so don't shout about it too much. But my plan is to make some shorts. I've written l- l- loads of shorts over the years. And I was at a thing a while ago and I bumped into to Michael Smiley, who I adore. And he gave me a right kick up the arse because I was talking about these these shorts. And again, you kind of generally, as this guy's mentioned, like about getting them out there, you push them to people. You try and get a production company involved. You try and get this and that. Many of my scripts, it's exactly that. I'm lucky that despite the fact that you guys probably think I've not been doing anything for the last five years, I've been working really hard on scripts and a lot of them have got a good reception in the industry. So there's a fair few production companies who are aware I'm writing scripts and in their opinion, I've got something. So, you know, there's a few doors that I'm being able to start to squeeze through now, or at least to get them them read and get some feedback. So, so that's cool. But yeah, Smiley was saying, well, just make some and put them up yourself. And again, it kind of occurred to me that all my music videos I just made with people that I could get on board and tiny budgets. So I plan it, as well as the, I've got a few TV shows I'm trying to get made, a couple of films. This next few weeks of isolation, I've got a couple of shorts I'm focusing on. And the plan there would be, once all this is over, it's to get some teams together, get some people together, hopefully pull some favours from some of the wonderful um, actors and directors and stuff that I'm friends with and try and make some shorts and put them up on my YouTube channel. And Because that's sitting dormant, as said. I'm really sorry, but I'm not making any more music yet. I've got a, f- a following on my YouTube ch- channel of something like 30,000 subscribers or something. And it feels like a waste. And I'd I'd listened to a lot of podcasts over recent years of comedians who've just made their own sitcoms and comedy and sketches on YouTube, and then it's pushed them out into the world, and they've then been able to make their bigger projects. And I thought no one's doing that with drama. And most of the stuff I'm writing at the moment is drama. There's always comedy in it because I think everything has, but it's mostly drama. So yeah, that's kind of the plan with a lot of this stuff. But again, a lot of it I'm going to put hundreds of hours into, and it's not going to go anywhere but that's fine because I'm going to be developing I think people can get too precious of their time at times they could be well I don't want to put too much effort in in case it's not going to get made all right like what you're busy with and if there's anything that you can trim down that isn't important that you'd rather be writing and increasing the chance of something being made then do that you know um I did exactly the same I slaved over this one script and then it got signed by Walt who are my favorite production company or one of and I didn't start on anything else all I was focused on was that and they kind of said to me look this stuff can take years like again um, uh, someone asked about taboo earlier I know that Tom and Chips were working on taboo for seven or eight years before it got made so these things take a while so on the on the process front yeah generally the simple process would be i plan out i'll write a plan of here's how the story's gonna go or i'll write up a pitch document i'll often do a pitch document first it varies so i'll I'll write up a pitch document and there's loads of examples of pitch documents online they can come in all shapes and sizes and it's basically what you would send to someone to explain your script and then just get writing um but also as well i was discussing this um the other day um i often bypass all of that because one of the things that I s- suffer from sometimes is insomnia. So often my 
prep process will be me laying in bed for hours and hours at night thinking it all through and then it would seem backwards to get up and put a boundary in between taking that from my head onto the page if you know what I mean so sometimes I'll just be like right let's just start the script I've not plotted it out on paper but because of insomnia I know how this script goes (laughs) and then we'll start writing and things will change and and the flow will change and things like that so yeah hope that answers your question sir Chris Sandison. Hey, Pip, I've just reread the Distraction Pieces book. What gear do you use when recording your Ask Pip or Films of the Year podcast when you're out and about? That's good. Um, I'm recording this. I'm not out and about because of social distancing. Stay home. Stay safe. Um, So this is recorded, as in the Distraction Pieces book, on my BR800 digital recorder with some microphones that say S-E-X-1-A on them. I can never remember the brand. In the book, I list all the details because I was helpful there. But um, yeah, so I'm recording on my usual equipment here. But when I'm out and about, I use a little Zoom handheld. And in fact, um, I use... There's a wind protector I use that looks like a troll doll head. Can't remember the name of it, so I'm going to let Buddy Peace drop in here because Buddy Peace is the producer of this podcast. He's also the person who recommended these particular wind protectors. And he has his he has his own podcast, Buddy's Buddies, and he does the tech section of Pod Bible magazine. So over to Buddy Peace to tell you about the uh, the wind protectors. Thank you, Pip. Hi, everyone. This is Buddy Peace. Uh, this is a rare appearance from me from behind the scenes, deep in the labs. I heard the call, so I threw back the curtain. And here I am. So yeah, these these red head windscreen things. Um, basically, I I did a lot of research on getting a decent wind guard for for my portable recorder, which back then was an Edirol, and that broke not long after I'd started the research. And then so I got a Zoom, and then so my research took me to looking at Zoom windscreens. You do get one with it, which is a one of those weird sort of black foam things that go on top which is fine but with the uh the troll hair ones like the big fluffy ones um i think it sort of disperses wind a bit better i mean i don't know the exact scientifics behind it i don't i don't know how important it is but i just know that they work really well for me personally and definitely for pip because um (laughs) there was a time when he was using his recorder or mic without one and um I I sort of yanked his collar and said, "Look, Pip, mate, you gotta get one of these redhead things." And um, he got one, and since then I haven't had to deal with the troublesome plosives that you get from uh, not having one. So I highly recommend them. I did a lot of research into them. They came out on top a lot of the time. Um, if you go on their website, it's quite a sort of dinosaur, outdated-looking website. But don't let that put you off. They are fully functional and uh, going strong and ship to anywhere and they will serve you well. The website is redheadwindscreens.com. I will put a link to it in the episode description. So if you do want to buy one of these things, uh, then that's where you're going to be able to buy them from. So yeah, have a look for the recorder you have. They don't do them all, but they do most. And Tell them Buddy Peace sent you for a 0% discount because I don't have any affiliation with them. So good vibes will be sent 
and you will receive no discount. But they are well worth the money. This is it without it. So let me just do a sort of wind test. Let's see how this goes. Okay. So that's me blowing into it. All right, now I'm going to take it off and I'm going to blow into it again. See that? So as you can hear, that test sort of says it all. Um, without the wind guard, it sounds like hot, distorted trash. And with the wind guard, it sounds not great, but uh, a very effective defense against wind i mean wind doesn't really blow like that normally it doesn't sort of have a direct kind of mouth-shaped sort of stream into the microphone but i mean it does the job and uh, it's it's helped me out with a lot of recordings like uh, on on my podcast I, I record a lot of the intros and stuff down at the beach which is uh it's kind of stupid on my part because it's about the blowiest place in town i could choose but, uh, I mean, that's the reason I can do it, really, is because I've got these uh, little wind guard things. So, yeah, it, it really helps me out a lot with that. I haven't got to do so much clean-up on the audio afterwards. And, it, yeah, it can save a lot of recordings and it can just sort of give you a bit more freedom so you don't have to sort of think too much about your mic placement and that stuff. I mean, you still have to think about it, but, you know, you haven't got to sort of uh, account for it. And, you know, you haven't got to sort of think about it picking up every loud plosive sound so yeah i heartily recommend redhead windscreens this has already descended into basically what is now a podcast within a podcast so yep that's me your technical correspondent uh buddy peace signing out for uh let's call it technology corner mm. All right, I'm going to workshop that. Next time I will have a far snappier name and a jingle. So let's all look forward to that. Yes. Okay, I'm going to hand back to your host, Scroobius Pip. Uh, Pip, back to you. Thank you, everyone. I'm going to go back to my box now. See you soon. Bye-bye. So there we go. That's what I use when I'm out and about. Shout out to, 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 to Buddy Peace, to God. Um, Sarah I... Do you have a favourite creativity-boosted exercise in the realms of writing or acting? Any exercises you routinely do to blow away the cobwebs and let the good stuff flow? Not specifically. I love cold showers. I talked about this extensively. And if you didn't hear the episode with Tim Clare, who's a writer, we talk about the benefits of cold showers. And I think there's benefits for your mental health and your physical health. So that's a good tip. That certainly blows away the cobwebs. I also talk about it all in detail with Wim Hof when he was on because he's the creator of this breathing technique and he's the one that opened me up to the benefits of cold showers. So there's that. I also think taking the pressure off. The story I often share is when I was writing the first script, the one that got optioned by Warp, I took myself away. I paid for four or five days in a hotel in uh, in Sheffield. I didn't tell anyone I was there, so no one knew. I had no mates about and the plan was to get these scripts written and i didn't i think i got two pages done but i did a lot of walking around and i did a lot of thinking and then when i got back and i tried not to beat myself up over it because again if you've paid for four days in a hotel and you're thinking this is going to be it i'm going to get so much done you get like three pages two pages or whatever you could beat yourself up and throw the whole thing out the window 
but I tried not to. I tried to al- allow it to come when it was there and not force it when it was not. But then the week after that, I was at home and I wrote the whole script in almost two sittings because it was just all there. I guess, again, it's similar to, to, to the kind of thinking it through in insomnia. S- sometimes allowing it to be there will then mean that when you do sit down, it all flows out. But, that you know, that n- not to encourage... Um, a procrastination and the avoidance of it. I think a thing I was doing in the first few weeks because I had these scripts I wanted to do, I was saying I would do a minimum of an hour a day writing and I stuck to that. Often that turned into two hours, three hours, four hours, five hours, six hours, but a minimum of an hour a day so that every day I sat down with the script and I would read over it, I would edit stuff, I would add stuff, I would I would write stuff. But in this situation... An hour a day, obviously, if you're at home and you've not got kids, I guess, an hour a day should be achievable. And then if that hour doesn't feel like you've got the most done, you'll still have that reward of thinking, well, I sat down and spent an hour on it, man. You don't beat yourself up and and put it off. But if you do have a breakthrough, that could turn into several hours. Or you could only have an hour free, but that breakthrough could mean that the next day you're itching to get your hour in. Um, So, yeah, that's my tips. David Price, I'm intrigued how living in the future happened, as I've always been a fan of yourself and MC Lars. Did you play any other tracks together? Um, I presume you mean, did we do any other tracks together? Like, we've never performed live, I've never met MC Lars. Um, Living in the Future was a track by Akira the Don, and he hit, and we all remote recorded. I'm on it, MC Lars is on it, Eddie Argos is on it. And um, fucking, how have I forgotten his name? He's the biggest of all of us. And he's got his own Friday night TV show with Mo Gilligan. Um, His name's gone from my head now. Oh, Lord. (laughs) Hang on. Um, Big Nasty. Jesus. Sorry, guys. That was the most basic of brain farts there. The Big Nasty show. So, yeah, Big Nasty's on there. Um, And, yeah. We all recorded remotely about living in the future, and it was was good fun. I forgot it existed until it popped up somewhere recently, but give that a listen if you fancy. Roger James, has the lockdown changed your daily routine much, and is there anything that you have started to do during the lockdown that you would like to keep doing once it's over? Um, I've not talked about it loads because it's not changed my routine massively anyway. I'm really lucky that I've got a little home gym and a garden, so I'm not even having to go out for my daily walk i'm going to the shops maybe once every 10 days because i've got a freezer and i can just i'm I'm trying to be as socially aware and socially responsible as i can i don't need to be going out for a walk every day and putting people at risk again i'm not scared the thing that a lot of people i've seen so many mma and wrestlers and all sorts of meatheads saying you know i'm healthy if i get it i get it I'll take that risk. It's not about that. It's about you risking it for other people. In fact, I've seen a lot of people in my home fucking town on social media, out and about, doing stuff, having that kind of, well, you know, what will be will be. And then they're sad when, you know, a relative of theirs gets ill or whatever. It's like, no, the point of us doing all that we can is to stop it spreading and to stop the vulnerable getting ill and the elderly and getting ill and potentially dying. And to stop the NHS from being completely overrun and being, you know, in even a worse 
under worse stress than they already are. So, yeah, I'm a big believer in not looking at what I'm legally allowed to do or what I've been told um, is my right. It's my, I'm allowed. I'm allowed to go to the shop once a day. I don't need to go to the, sh- the shop once a day. I didn't, didn't go to the shops once a day before all, the, all of this, so I don't need to go now. And, yeah, before all of this, I lived quite an isolated life. I self-isolate a lot naturally. The big change was I was filming a TV show in Canada. And literally on the Friday night, I'm on a night shoot in the woods. And then on the Saturday afternoon, I'm on a plane back to Essex. So that was mad to have that much of a quick jump from, oh, we're doing this. And then, nope, it's all on hold. Everything stopped. Go home, isolate, boom. So that was a big change. But other than that, my general life at home is quite like this. Um, I've been really careful to not to remember that it's a pandemic, not a, a boot camp. I've been, been saying this to a few people. A few people have been saying, how do you remain motivated? You know, it's good to be motivated, but it's good. You know, l- leisure is hugely important as well. If you never heard it, I recommend going and listening to my episode with Rutger Bregman because that was an episode that changed my life. And he's got a new book on the way, incidentally. But yeah, as I said, the first couple of weeks, I was so productive. I was working on scripts every day I was getting two workouts in a day sometimes three workouts in and that was great but then the next two weeks I kind of forced myself to take more more leisure I was recording episodes of North Star Rising so 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 that was in there but that's they're normally two hour sessions per episode but I was making sure I'm, I'm, I'm forcing some leisure i was trying to keep the exercise going as much as i can but then equally again remembering it's not it's a pandemic it's not a boot camp you should be doing what you can and pushing yourself but also being aware of your own mental and physical limitations and if you need a break then take a break so yeah that's kind of been my approach to to, to it all things i'd like to keep doing once it's over use my garden more i've been using my garden loads and it's been lovely i've been s- s- sitting out in my garden to write i've been doing s- s- some exercise in my garden so there's that uh, the 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 getting an hour's writing a day done on scripts has been a cool thing and i think i've never b- been more productive on scripts than i am at the moment again another indication that i've no desire to do music is i had a few people hit me up saying do you fancy making a record in this weird period because we we're all at home? And I no. <laughs> if there was ever a time that you were going to get a record from me, it'd be now, and you're not. So I hope that that puts that to bed. Anyway, let's get one more in on this half, and then we'll do part two. So these will be out at midnight and midday. So you're listening to this one. This was out at midnight. Part two will will be out at midday. Let's see if I can get two questions in, and then we can maybe make part two the shorter of the two colin newcomb i love your podcast style where was the list where as the listener we feel like we are eavesdropping on a great conversation have you ever been starstruck before an interview and if so how did you deal with it so it didn't affect the podcast kind of but more excited uh michael fassbender i was massively excited for i mean you'll hear most of the time I'm talking to someone that I don't know that well is when I'm talking the most quickly and the most excited and I'm interrupting, but hopefully in a non-intrusive way. I know it annoys people as well. 
I'll have people, particularly with the bigger stars on, that will be really annoyed because they've tuned in to hear that star just answer a question. But as you say, it's meant to be a conversation. And in conversations, if they say something that you're excited, you'll be, oh, I, yeah, no, I understand. Yeah, yeah, I had a thing like that, blah, blah, blah. And that's how conversations are, man. We overlap and we, and we don't go, what was your favourite role? And then sit back for a 10-minute response. We have a back and forth, and that's what I like about it. So Michael Fassbender was a favourite that I was nervous about before, but I was really pleased with, and Mary J. Blige as well. They're both ones that were in press junket situations. I was nervous about Robert Eggers because I'm a big fan of his work, and I'd never met him. And at that point, he didn't do tonnes of interviews, it seemed. But then as soon as he walked in the room, he was... I just felt a huge connection um, artistically and taste-wise. So, yeah, that was cool. Um, any others that I felt particularly starstruck? No, none really spring to mind. Again, all of them, the way I cope is that I've prepared like a motherfucker. I prepare a lot for every interview, but if there's one that I'm nervous about, I will have prepared so much so there's no chance of it going wrong. So, yeah, I guess that's the approach there Sid Walker if you don't mind my asking I gather you may get tired of answering questions related to to your music how did you get your start in the music business and uh, was it your music that opened the door for what you do now I'm going to be brief on this one Sid not because of any annoyance but because I've answered it in a few of the different ask pips so if you head back to any of them I've told a lot of stories of my start in the music industry where in brief, um, I saved up. I was working in a record store. I saved up enough to take a year off to f- to focus on music. Again, bear in mind that saving up enough to take a year off was something like five or six grand. I lived at home, so I didn't. And as we've discussed, I'm a don't have expensive tastes. I released a record. I toured around the country, living in a van, performing on st- st- street corners, open mics, anywhere I could. And almost a year to, to the day of quitting my job. Thou Shall Always Kill came out and was in the top 40. And that's kind of that. Um, Did my music open the door for what I do now? Yes and no. Early on. In fact, I might be having Riz Ahmed back on the podcast, but I did a podcast with Riz Ahmed, and one of the, it's probably in the first 20 or so episodes of Distraction Pieces. And I've known Riz for years. And after the podcast, I spoke to him about the fact, because Riz and Simon Pegg had always been kind of saying, like, when are you going to, get into acting again this is a story i've told loads of times but i think this is a slight offshoot that i've maybe not told um so after that podcast riz was like look i'll introduce you to my agent so a week or so later i had a meeting with his agent and i said to her look i want to start at the bottom you know a working class essex that's how we want to do things i don't want any shortcuts i want to start at the bottom i want to work hard i want to learn and so on and so forth. And she almost patted me on the head and said, that's adorable, but this is a really tough industry. So any contacts you have or any doors that can be opened from already having a following, already having experience of 10 years of performing on stage, then you should use that. And she kind of said, look, it's not cheating. It won't get you a role. It might get you an audition, but then if you're shit, you won't get the role. It might get you a meeting, but then if you're shit, you won't. it might get your script read, but if your script's shit, you won't get it made. 
That's now worrying that none of my scripts have been made yet. But anyway, that was her point. She was like, use any advantages that you fucking have, you idiot. Because all they will do is get you a foot in the door. It won't get you the role. It won't get you anything that you don't deserve. It will get you the chance to earn it. And that's what I've adored. I had someone um, annoyed after the the drunk cast, and casually annoyed, I'm sure. And they tweeted me because we moaned about everyone starting podcasts during isolation. And they said, oh, so how come it's not okay for people to start a podcast, but it's okay for you to just start acting and for Chris to just start writing a script? And I answered really briefly saying, number one, it's a drunk cast. We're talking nonsense. Don't take anything seriously. But but, but number two, this is the third or fourth script that, that Chris is working on. And he's been working on this one for at least a year now. He's been talking to me about it. So he's not just gone, oh, I think I'll become a script writer now. Chris has worked fucking hard and... He's paid to have his scripts read by experts to get feedback on, all this kind of thing. And with acting, I've not just just jumped into this, I promise. I've been doing this, I'm s- six years in now, I think, and I'm still nowhere near where I want to be. And I'm also nowhere near stopping. And where I want to be, to be clear, w- within myself as a performer, I'm learning, I'm I'm reading tons of books on acting. I'm, I, there's, I recommend... Uh, uh, Someone was asking about um, sh- shortcuts to get yourself into cr- to, to creativity. I did, and still, when I can, do classes with a guy called J- James Kemp, who taught Tom Hardy and Michael Fassbender. It was Tom that recommended him to me. And part of his technique that was taught to him by Yat Malgram, part of his approach is these kind of... Te- technical ways to find those shortcuts to get you into the right place when you need to be in the right place and it's fascinating i love all that stuff so i kind of tried to explain to this lad again number one start podcast if you want it's cool i don't really give a shit and again at the start of this in pod bible and on my own podcast i gave tips on what gear to use so we're just pissing about on the drunk cast i've, I've recommended in the, on the start of this episode in fact i tell you what kit to use to start your own podcast i've been an advocate of people starting podcasts from day one so don't get too offensive offended but equally i don't think i'm getting to jump in or, or i'm certainly not taking anything lightly acting and writing is what i see my life been from now on and has been since I first made that step again a lot of you will know originally I was taking a year or two off from music as you will have heard numerous times in this episode music is now done because acting is what I'm focused on so yeah I'm now comfortable with not feeling I've taken any any shortcuts along the way um anyway let's wrap that up now a few questions that are going to be in part two are there any roles or parts that that you've auditioned for that didn't get that you can tell us about now there probably aren't but i'm gonna there's some amazing ones that i've not told anyone about because you're not meant to but the films and stuff are out now so i can can probably say yeah favorite book that's influenced you yeah a load of good questions a lot of script script writing stuff but a lot of other stuff as well including dream holiday destination um all right i'm gonna go now and the Part two will be out in no time at all. See you in a bit. Oh, there's a good starter to end on. See you in a bit.
You've been listening to Scroobius Pip's Distraction Pieces.